The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Oh boy. Oh boy, we are doing this thing. This is Arrowhead Pride Presents Show and BK on the Chiefs. Uh, this is this is crazy. I'm Ron the Show. Brandon Kylie BK. I'll only call you Brandon when you anger me. Um, so yes, almost like a parent. So your mom, I'll, I'll call you that when you anger me. This is crazy. We've never done anything together. We worked in the same building, and this is the first time we've literally, literally ever done anything together. So we did those uh, the Friday roundtable things. That's the closest thing we've That's come the closest, to doing yeah, anything about, real. About four or five people in. You're, you're in St. Louis right now doing middays. I'm in Houston doing afternoon drives. So, um, but we still got takes. We still got takes on these Chiefs, and uh, we're going to have some fun with you each and every Friday. We'll drop that on Arrowhead Pride. And um, uh, listen, we're going to hold each other. It's going to be a good mesh. My man right here, he's got stats for days. He always has these stats where I'm like, damn, I don't know what I'll say to that. I ain't got nothing. I ain't got no response to that. And I'm just crazy. I'm just crazy as hell. So I'm pumped, man. Um, When Pete reached out to us to say, hey, we want to do something with you guys. I was like, well, what's your plan? What do you want to do with this? Who who do you want me to do this with? And he was like, well, what do you think about doing a show with Ron? Like, yeah, let's do that. That'd be fun. Um, I did. I did a show out here in St. Louis with a guy that is personality-wise very similar to Ron, and it was like the most fun I've ever had doing radio. So I can't wait to be able to talk Chiefs with somebody else who's similar to me. Grew up in Casey, loves the not Chiefs. just hold on, not just grew up. We went to the same high school. Yeah, a few years apart. So we're both blue. Sp- did you know, did you just find this out? No, no, no. I knew that, but we, oh, okay. we we grew up in the same area. We both are huge Chiefs fans. We both ended up elsewhere for uh, reasons, you know. And now we get to still talk Chiefs. So hugely thankful to Pete for allowing us to do this. And man, I, I cannot wait to be able to do this with that's you right, baby. Blue Springs High School in the building. All right, let's let's get down to it because um, this is this. If we're gonna open this thing up, is we're gonna talk each and every every week about the Chiefs. This season coming up, I'm 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 amped about this. Listen, I'm listen. This, this one thing you'll know about me: I love seeing greatness. That's one of my favorite things in sports is to see greatness on 
display to see the best on display like my favorite moments is when Tiger in 2000 won by like 15 strokes. Just beat the hell out of folks. Like, that's what I'm into. And I think this year, no home or nothing to it. I think this year we could see pure greatness from the Chiefs. Why? I think they're pissed. I mean, I think they are pissed. They know I believe this is how I'm speaking for them. They feel like they know why they didn't win the Super Bowl, why they didn't win back-to-back championships. And now everyone is now questioning how good they were. This is a group to me that pays plays really well when they're pissed. And this team is ticked off. And they like they have a vibe to me where they want to let everybody know every week Y'all forgot who the hell we are. Y'all forgot we got 15 and 10 and 87 and we whooped ass. Y'all forgot who we are. I'm telling you, this thing could, listen, I'm not going to go Bob Fesco and go 17 and 0 or nothing. I'm not going to say that. But I'm telling you, I think they are on a mission every week to prove that they're the team that should have won the Super Bowl back-to-back years. See, you know what's funny? I actually come out on this on the exact opposite end of things. Um, I think that they are pissed. I think they're ready to prove something. I think they're holding things back a little more this year, though, than they have in years past. Oh, I think stop. Which, so I don't like this. See, you're already trying to. You're already <laughs> trying to get. I'm feeling good about this. And now, oh, they're holding things back. You th- Okay. Right. So let, let me explain this. I don't think they're holding things back. I, I think they're going to get creative this year. I think you're going to see something different from Andy Reid. I don't think Chiefs fans are going to love it, though. I think you're going to see him run the ball in a way he never has before. I think you're going to see him come out, and he's got all these new toys, right? Every year, Andy gets something new, whether it be a new receiver, a new tight end, a gadget play, a new scheme, whatever it is. Every year, he's got something that he's bringing to the table that's a little different. This year, his new toys are offensive linemen. And oh, Andy loves nothing more than a good offensive line. Those aren't toys. I'm Those aren't you, toys. Ron, but they are, though. They are for Andy. And what he's going to do, he has never been able to use guys in KC like Orlando Brown and like Lucas Niang, who are huge. The dudes that they have on this offensive line now Ron, they look like you before you lost all your weight, man. These are big boys out here, right? They, like, they, they look, they're a little longer than I am. They, <laughs> they are much better 320 than, than what I am. But no, no, they got some big boys. This is, right, this is probably, I'll give you that. This is the best offensive line easily. They Maybe this is the best we've seen since, what, Rolf, Waters, Wigman, Shields, and... Tate, like that's probably the best, this is probably the best potentially offensive line we've seen since then. So yes, they ain't no damn toys, but yes, they are, they are, that, that's a crew. So here's why I think it's a little different this time around and why like the size isn't just, hey, they're huge. They can do different things with this. They can do more trapping. They can do more manpower. They can do more stuff that they could not do with their previous guys. They've got dudes up front that can win at the point of attack in a way that they couldn't previously, especially last year. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, that's the real toy, Ron. And Clyde is the guy that's going to benefit the most from this. He had a rough year last year. Injuries. Just he was inconsistent in, as hell. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just We saw basically one real game where he went off and it was against the Bills. And other than that, things just didn't seem to go his way. I think you're going to see him have a big year in 2021. And so I'm with you, Ron. I think this is going to be a really good football team. 
but I think they're going to go about it in a way that we haven't seen previously from Andy. I would respectfully say, for the first time on this, you can kiss my ass on that. <laughs> nope, all of it. And it's not as much ass as it used to be, but you can kiss my This is going to be, in my opinion, a like 2015 Warriors team. That team where they won 73 games. Like traditionally, you would think a team that has gone to the Super Bowl two years in a row, their regular season stuff don't really mean nothing to them. You know, like we've seen great teams like uh, Magic and Bird and and, and Jordan, LeBron and them, Shaq and Kobe. They didn't didn't give a rip about the regular season. Let's just get – that's how most teams that have been there, unless you got a little something extra. And Patrick Mahomes has been sitting here all – you can't beat Tom Brady. You can't beat Tom Brady. Look, look, look. Oh, we thought you were supposed to be so good. Look what you did. He's been sitting with that all offseason. And the rest of the crew been sitting with that all offseason. I think they want to beat teams half a hundred to, to whatever. I think they want to put – and I think Andy's pissed. I think Andy wants it too because they're not they, – they want to prove they're not a flash in a pan and they're explosive and there is – I'm telling you, there is not a team. And this is this is just watching the NFL and you. There's not a team in a long time that when they're ticked off and when their their energy is turned up and you got their attention, that they Baltimore raven you on Monday Night Football like they did. And I, I, I think this is a team that cares about the regular season in a way that you normally don't see a team that's gone to the Super Bowl back-to-back years. I think they want to send a message 17 times this year that, no, we lost because punk-ass Eric Fisher got hurt. Not punk-ass. I'm sorry, Eric. I've got to stop taking Eric Fisher out. It's just natural to me. Uh, because Eric Fischel and Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz, and, and we had to move guys out of position. That's why we lost. Y'all forgot who we are. We can just toy and play around. I think they want to go and beat people fifty to six for whatever. I ooh, I'm telling you, this is this is about to get nasty, and I am excited as hell. You're not taking this from me, Brandon. No, you're not taking this. So there is a football, like a real football reason why they would go that way too, right? Because we saw last year for the first time the NFL went to the new playoff system. And what that meant for the Chiefs is, hey, there's only one of those bye weeks. And we know Andy loves that bye week. Yes. We know that they want that, that week off to be able to reset everything. They do this self-scouting. They're able to flesh some things out that first week. And then when they get into that divisional round and then the championship game, like things look a little different for the Chiefs. And it's a week to get healthy. Like 17 weeks this year, for the fir- or 17 games rather, for the first time, there's going to be a grind, especially with the way that the Chiefs start things out with Cleveland, Baltimore, Chargers, Buffalo, Washington. Like, this thing ain't going to be easy. So, for pure football reasons too, Ron, to your point, like, I think they're going to go about it a little differently than you do. But I do think that they are going to make a point where this regular season does matter for the Chiefs. You're not going to be able to go 12 and 4 and get a bye no. week the way that you used to be able to. It's going to take 13 and 3, 14 and 2, given That's what it took last AFC. year, right? It took, it took yeah. 14 and 2 to just get that one. Let me let me let me ask you this. So you think that this group, Andy Reid, the man who loves to pass, and he's got the best toy he's ever had 
to pass the ball with and all the weapons around him. You think this is about to be some methodical run team? You think they're about to turn this thing into let's get 25 to 30 rushes? Like you think they're about to turn into methodical. I think they're about to try to boat race people. You think they're going to hand it off? So more so than they have, right? Like this is – this is all on a scale, a sliding scale of like, I'm not talking they're going to become the Ravens, the Cleveland Browns, the Ravens, right? They ain't going to hand the ball off 40 times per game. But if you're looking at it relative to what Andy has done in the past, yeah, I think you're going to see more rushing attempts. Like last year on offense, they were 23rd in rushing attempts. I think you're going to be closer to like 15th in that this year. So like middle of the pack, instead of being bottom five to 10 in the league, which is what they've been in recent years. I think you're going to see them, especially when they get up, because this offense is going to be really good. And so they're going to get ahead early in a lot of these games. The Andy shutdown mode that we all have come to know and hate, I think it's coming earlier than ever, but I don't think you're going to hate it quite as much this year. And I think that's the important thing is like this team has had so many issues with closing out games in recent years. They they go into the shutdown mode. The running game stalls. They get three yards of carry. You've got Daryl Williams back there behind a bad offensive line. And you're not able to shut these games down the way that you should be able to. I don't think that's going to be as big of an issue this year. You've got an offensive line that can run block. You've got a guy back there that you should be able to trust. At least you spent a first round pick on him and Clyde Edwards a And they've got some depth in the backfield this year that they haven't had in recent years. That's why I think they're going to move that direction. It's not going to be a full 180 where now suddenly Patrick Mahomes is throwing it 20 times a game. That'd be crazy. That'd be insane. They're not going to rust this thing up. But I do think they're going to lean on it more, especially late in games than they had previously. Yeah, BK, there's not going to be no late in games thing for them. In their mind, like Andy's going to put this thing in. Shoot, if we're going to be late in games, bleeding the clock out, it's going to be because y'all scored 35 with us. Like, We'll see. They they are certainly more equipped to do that. They are certainly more built to where, for instance, at the end of the Browns game in the playoffs, they're not throwing that that out route they ran to Tyreek Hill. They've got a, a potential where they feel like we can get two yards even if you know that we are going to run it. Like even like they are more equipped to do that now, you would think. Red zone stuff, right? Like yes. I, I think you're gonna see Mahomes' touchdowns go down a little bit this year, not because he's worse. I think he's gonna be better this year than he's ever been before. I think you're going to see these touchdown numbers go down a little bit because instead of throwing it from the three with some kind of crazy play action pass that they they have schemed up, I think you're just going to see him hand it off to Clyde Edwards-Alaire because it's easy for them. Yeah, I I feel like this is a this is a well, 17 games. This feels like a two loss, three loss max type of season to me. Like I said, I'm not going to go Fisco 17 and 0, but I think they are I think they are too lo- like I wouldn't be surprised if they were 16 and 1. And it is going to start right off the bat because I can hear it now. Oh, Cleveland. Mm, that's the sexy team. They had them. They had them in the playoffs. They're going to they got there. I think they're. I think. I think little things get to the Chiefs. I think they're mad. They're not on a prime time game, standalone game that first weekend when they are the the, the, the most watched team. They got to play three o'clock uh, against Cleveland and not Sunday night because for some reason the Rams and the Bears are on. But I think I think they feel slighted at all these things. 
and they are, I, I think it starts early with a team that people are trying to have as a sexy pick. I think they're going to beat the hell out of Baker Mayfield and the Browns, and it will start right there, and they're going to try to send, as I said earlier, BK, 17 messages that y'all forgot who the hell we are, and we are about to run rough shot over every one of y'all asses. I, I just, I truly believe, and I am here for it. I am looking for a sports hallelujah, and I am here for it, damn it. And I, I cannot wait. I'm not probably supposed to say hallelujah, damn it, in the same sentence, but I did. If you're right, if you're right, and that's how it goes, if they start off hot like that, like let's say it's 42 to 20, right, against Cleveland, they just boat race them in the first week of the season. Like you, you're going to see a lot of a lot of people getting on board that weren't on board previously. And then if they continue to do that, I mentioned the schedule earlier, like they they got a rough rough go yeah, of it they do cleveland baltimore la chargers at home at philly buffalo that's gonna be a tough one this year that might be that might be a game that determines home field advantage in the playoffs that might be a game that determines who's going where in that divisional round who gets the uh, bye week at washington they're a sleeper team for me green bay will see Stop. if if rogers is there that's going to be a tough one. If he's not there, well, now you've got two against Denver to finish out the year that are going to be tougher. It's If they can go at the beginning of the schedule, get off to a hot start, the rest of their schedule after the bye ain't so bad. But pre-bye week, that's where that's where the real struggles could come for this team. I'll tell you, what, I'll tell you what right now, BK. If Ryan Fitzpatrick beats Patrick Mahomes, I will walk out in my draws in the middle of a hurricane. I will walk up. It's it hasn't been great outside of Tom Brady, of course. Ryan it Fitzpatrick. Hasn't been great quarterbacks that Ryan Fitzpatrick Ryan better did. not beat. He is not beating him. No, that Ryan Tannehill was bull crap. Okay, that was <laughs> it was. That it was, happened though. <laughs> that, was, that was a special team saying we're done. If Ryan Fitzpatrick, he is not beating Patrick Mahomes. I'll be damned at that. I'm sorry. Now you can rattle off all those other ones. This team Baltimore lost to Jacoby Brissett. I I will be damned if Patrick Mahomes loses to Ryan Fitzpatrick in Harvard. I will be damned <laughs> if that occurs. They lost to washed up Phil Rivers and Jared Goff a year before his coach gave up on him. Like, listen, stop. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's this team does weird facts. things under Andy. <laughs> stop with your facts and Philip Rivers. Stop with your facts. Okay, all right. That, now Jared Goff was rolling. They lost to Jared Goff and Sean McVay. He was. He don't you give me that look. You remember his year, his numbers that year, forty eight hundred yards. He got to the Super Bowl that year. They were rolling. All right. This is this is Ryan Fitzpatrick, year seventeen. You stop this right now. I will not have Ryan, any of Ryan that. Ryan Fitzpatrick is like a weekly starter in fantasy every time that he is starting. <laughs> He's not beating Pat Mahomes. Stop it. <laughs> I if the Chiefs so here's the thing. If the Chiefs lose a game in that first six weeks of the season, it'll be to Washington. That'll that'll be the one. They'll beat Cleveland, they'll beat Baltimore no at chance. Baltimore, they'll beat Buffalo, then they're going on the road after a Sunday night game, noon start on the East Coast in Washington. If they lose a game in the first six weeks of the season, it's gonna be at Washington. <laughs> Stop. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, show BK back in. Um, all right, I, I'm not going to, I'm going to listen to this because BK has a trade proposal that he believes the Chiefs need to go after. And I am going to not run over this. I am going to sit and listen and hear you out on this before I react. Please. All right, let me know. What is this trade proposal? All right, so Jeff Schultz, who writes for The Athletic, he covers the Falcons uh, out in Atlanta. This is the first sentence of his story today. Quote, the Falcons would like to trade Julio Jones, end quote. He continues by saying that does not 100% mean it's going to happen. That doesn't mean that some members of the organization don't believe the future Hall of Famer can still play. But Jones's availability on the trade market has been clear from almost the time that new general manager Terry Fortnott and coach Arthur Smith landed the job in Atlanta. Atlanta has some real salary cap problems right now. Like when I say real, I mean they currently owe the NFL seven million dollars. Yeah, they can't sign their rookies yet. Yeah. <laughs> like they got they've got basically two decisions that they can make. Either they trade Julio Jones, that's one option. Or they find a way to restructure Grady Jarrett. And Grady Jarrett's agent apparently is not interested in doing that. So they got to trade Julio Jones. And the question is, where is he going to go? Well, there's only so many teams that can make this work salary cap wise, right? The Chiefs would technically be one of them if they decide to re-sign Tyron Matthew. That's another conversation. We can get into that here in a little while. But if they decided to do that, they would almost certainly have enough cap space to be able to go out there and acquire Julio Jones. Here's what he's got left on his deal. All right, Ron? All right, I'm listening. So he's got $15 million this year, $11 million next year, and $11 million a year after that. None of it's guaranteed. If you wanted to trade for him this year and you want to cut him next year because he stinks, he's hurt all year or whatever, you can do that. If you want to keep them next year at $11 million, you can do that. You basically have $15 million for this year, which is less than what the franchise tag would be for a receiver. And then the next two years, you've got team options at $11 million. That's where you're at with Julio Jones, if anybody were to trade for him. I say all that to say this. They're not going to get a first-round pick for Julio Jones. They're probably going to have to settle for a second, a good second, or a team like the Chiefs who are going to be picking at the back end of the second round. Maybe Salary a second hurts and a yeah. third round pick, right? Yep. I think this is something the Chiefs should absolutely consider. I think this is something that if Julio is truly available, and he is, there's no way around it, this is something that I would like to see Brett Veach get in on because I just said in the first segment, I don't think the Chiefs are going to take the, uh, the regular season 
they're not going to be as high-flying of an offense, in my opinion, this year. But we saw this year in the playoffs how important Sammy Watkins and how important that number two wide receiver is to this offense. Teams can find a way to slow down Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. You can't take away three options. You can't do it. It's why the Chiefs were unstoppable in 2019 and 2018. When they've got all those guys going, they're as good as anybody has ever been in the NFL. If you had Julio Jones, forget Sammy Watkins. This dude's a million times better than than Sammy Watkins was. This is a legitimate X receiver. You're going from Demarcus Robinson or Powell from Clemson to Julio freaking Jones, man. Yes, it's a lot to give up. Yes, they got to get younger, cheaper, faster. But if you've got the opportunity to get Julio Jones in the prime of Patrick Mahomes' career, I think you got to at least give that serious consideration. I'll say this. I like where your head is in terms of, hell, let's get better. If you got a chance to get better, then go get him. But here is my thought to you. Why must you disrespect the greatness of Patrick Mahomes. The reason why you love to have a guy like Patrick Mahomes is you don't have to go crazy and get weapons for him as if he is somebody that is beneath a guy like Patrick Mahomes. If you can go do Julio Jones, then hell, you should be Brett Veach and Andy Reid scouring the quarterback market to see if you can trade for a quarterback. If you can make something like that happen, Patrick Mahomes has enough weapons. He's got the best tight end in football, and he has the most feared weapon, I believe, on the offensive side of the ball. When you see him, just fear that he puts in defensive coordinators in and in, in, in defenses in Tyreek Hill and Clyde Edwards Hilaire. And you have, I know many people in Kansas City are down on McCall Hardman, but still, you still have weapons there. You give Patrick Mahomes that, that has to be enough, especially with that offensive line. And if you can get better, and if you can, if you have it in you to be able to make a Julio Jones deal make, then I'm sorry, you've got to look at somewhere else like the cornerback position somewhere else where you really need help because Mahomes he's got to be like hell come on man they can score 30 with this crew that's got to be enough the 30 30 now I know I know Julio is it because I mean you bring Julio here this is just I mean he may be better than Tyreek just as an all-around receiver and I just think you have Mahomes. That sounds exciting to me. (laughs) Listen, it sounds exciting. It is. I know it's exciting. And listen, I am about a fireworks show as much as anybody. But my thought is if you can make that happen with Julio, then there is there is an upgrade over there with Charkandrick Ward or, or, or Traverius Ward. I'm about to call him Charkandrick. Traverius Ward <laughs> and Sneed. There's an upgrade at that position to where you got to be seeking that out before or an upgrade. I know you drafted a, a linebacker, Bolton, but there, there's an upgrade somewhere else. Like, that's got to be enough for Patrick Mahomes. If I've got the greatest – like I've not seen anybody talent-wise as good as Mahomes. Maybe maybe Rodgers is the only one that rivals it. If you have that with Andy Reid, you have enough on offense. All right, you have enough. And if you can make that happen, go get something on the other side of the ball. To me, 
if you can do a Julio type of deal. That's my thing is you got Mahomes. You don't need all of that. So you don't need all of that. But you would like to have all of that. And the reason why I'm, I'm, I'm in favor of this, Ron, is because, like, I hear you. If there was a Julio Jones out there available at corner or at linebacker, defensive end, whatever, go get him. Like, absolutely. Yeah, if you've got an elite talent available at one of those premier positions where you're not as good as you are currently at pass catcher, I'm, all in, I'm not against that by any stretch. Those guys aren't available. There's a reason why they aren't available. The only reason Julio Jones is available is because the Falcons went bankrupt, basically. Like, <laughs> they're out here in the middle of a pandemic, handing out money to everybody, and so now they gotta pay their bills and they put everything on the credit card. The bills have come due. And so, when Julio becomes available, I've gotta give that consideration because he is an elite talent. And I'm in the business of accumulating elite level talent. I think you can go find those in the draft. Brett Veach, I think, hit some singles this year. That's where you find your singles, right? In, in, in a trade like this, I'm trying to acquire a guy that is going to, like, in Madden, he better be a 90-plus level player in terms of his overall rating. And so here's the other thing that I would say, Ron. You're right. When you got a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes 10 years ago, you don't got to go out there and get him this kind of elite talent when he's already got some good pass catchers. But... In the words of The Wire, the game doesn't change, my man. Like, you look around, you look at what's going on in Seattle right now, he's got good weapons, and he ain't happy. You look at what's going on in Green Bay right now, Aaron Rodgers has Devontae Adams, and he's got Robert Tunyon, who's a pretty darn good tight end. He ain't happy. Keep Patrick Mahomes insulated with as much talent as possible. Do you need to do it? Is it required for this team to win a Super Bowl to go out there and get Julio Jones? No, it's absolutely not. They could do it without him. DK, you think he's not satisfied with his weapons? You, th- like, I, you, you I think, think he's he not satisfied with is. his weapons? I think you can continue to upgrade at the position. I think if you get into a playoff game and he's got a big time spot and Tyreek's getting bracket coverage, Travis Kelsey's dealing with the crap that he's got to deal with every week, everybody's paying attention to him. And now you got him on the biggest play of the game looking over and I've got Demarcus Robinson running the wrong route on third and six with the game on the line. Yeah, I think he's going to get frustrated by something like that. And so if you go out there and you prevent that from happening, I think that's a good thing for the Kansas City Chiefs. Listen, yeah, I know Demarcus Robinson and McCole Hardman can be frustrating, and those guys have to step it up, right? But they, but those are guys to go along with. Like his top two targets are like you, you, you almost can't get Nobody much better than that, right? Like I know he, like I don't think he was sitting there in that Super Bowl. Like I think, I think in the NFC Championship game, Aaron was sitting there saying. I'll be damned. Look at look at all of the weapons that this cat has. I mean, he's got Antonio Brown in the slot, not even doing up. I mean, look at all those weapons, and I got Devontae Adams, who I'm just trying to throw it to every single time down. Like I don't think that Pat was thinking that. Now I think you better keep your head with that offensive line and all of that craziness that they 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 were let through. Now that they have, in my opinion, overly addressed the offensive line, I think that's keeping them happy. To me, there is going to I think there is going to be a corner because that's that to me is the, the the blinking light that jumps out. There is going to be a corner that is an improvement 
and a worth it improvement over what they have. And it may not come right now, and it may not be available even next month, but I think at some point before the deadline, there is a possibility where that will be available. And I think if you can make a Julio Jones move work, then I think you you hold that ability to make the potential corner come about that can be an upgrade at some point because I, I understand you want to you want to keep him happy and you want to make sure he has comparable weapons to everybody else right and I think he still has comparable weapons to everybody else but you also you know hey man you know what you're getting paid you're the best in the game you got Tyreek you got Travis Kelsey Make McCall Hardman better. And I know you can do it. And I think that's a challenge that he takes. Give me those. I'll make those guys better. And then let's get what, let's get an upgrade on that defensive side of the ball, especially at the cornerback position. Because to me, I just can't I can't get over the fact, BK, of if you can consider making all of that happen, that draft capital and that taking on that contract of Julio Jones, then there there is an upgrade at corner you can make happen. See, I I wanna I wanna believe that what you're saying is true, but I've been man, Ron, how many conversations have we had about the Chiefs at corner over the last four years? Oh yeah, you I've know? been I, I've I've been angry that they've refused to go and get Patrick Peterson. I have been angry sure. in, in several years. But but those those guys just don't become available. Like te- teams don't trade corners, and so if one does, like if I'm wrong here, I'll eat my words. Absolutely, I would be absolutely stunned if there's a single corner available at any point this year, even close to the level at his position as Julio Jones is at wide receiver. No 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 no. Yeah, Julio is an all timer and a Hall of Famer, and I still think has it. But I'm just talking about. There is, I think there will be a corner that comes out that is a, that will potentially be available that is a real upgrade at what you have. And Julio Jones, to me, is just saying, hey, man, we're, we're adding A-Rod to this lineup just because we can add A-Rod to this lineup. And you're all about that. Yeah, I would do that. <laughs> I, but see, I, would, I would be the Yankees in the mid-2000s being like, man, Alex Rodriguez is out there. I mean, we don't really have a spot at shortstop. We've got Derek Jeter, who's about to get a six-part documentary, which is ridiculous about him. But, wait. you know, yeah, we're, we're going to go ahead and add A-Rod, and we'll put him at third, because why not? Because we're the Yankees, right? Like, that's the Chiefs are the Yankees here. But so see, go, if I'm the Yankees, if we go stick with this, if I'm the Yankees, I got that lineup, right, that is powerful one through six. I'm not going to say, let me add it, A-Rod in. I'm going to look and say, God, could I get better at my number three starter? That where I come into the playoffs you and I get a series. Could. And, and you probably could, but is that going to be the difference? Because I got A-Rod. <laughs> yes, it can't be. If I get pitching wins and if I can get Andy Pettit to be my number three starter, I'm going to go – Let me that, that move makes more sense because – I guess Giambi and Jeter and Bernie Williams and Jorge Posada is not enough for you. It is like I can make that work. I didn't know I still had that many Yankees from that from that time frame. That was impressive. <laughs> that, that recall was impressive. So here, here's let's let's expand this to the corner um, because it's interesting what you're saying there. 
I do think there is something to the way that the Chiefs have constructed this roster because it's no longer a small sample size with Spags in charge of the defense and their lack of investment at the position at cornerback. It's supposed to be one of the most important positions on the roster. If you look at any other roster, all of them, all of these other teams are telling you, spend all of your first round picks on corner because we can't find these dudes anyway. Listen, I've had it as the second most important position on defense. And the way the game is played right now, how coaches and quarterbacks can control pass rushes with how fast they get the ball out, it feels like corner is even creeping up because it's harder to find elite guys at that position Absolutely. than it is anywhere else on the defense. So, hell, it's, it's creeping up there to be as important as pass rusher. You can make a case it's the second most important position yeah. in the sport. You can make that case. I think the Chiefs view it differently. And I think the reason why they view it differently is because of Steve Spagnolo. I think he views his defense as, I can scheme up a pass rush. I've got guys up front that I think can win. And I'm taking away the middle of the field. Like our safeties, our linebackers, the way we play, especially with our slot corner play right now that they've got with Legereus Sneed, that's not happening. And if you look at the numbers, Ron, I'm not going to spew them out there, but basically over the last three years since Spags has taken over. Because I know you have them. If you if you look like if you're a fantasy player, you don't play outside wide receivers against the Chiefs because they don't do well because of the way that the Chiefs scheme things up. And so it's surprising on on one hand that that's the case because you look out there and it's like, man, they're playing Charvarius Ward and Bashad Breeland. Like Bashad Breeland might end up going to the Vikings on like a one year, three million dollar yeah. contract. He he's still available. And as we're recording this, it's May twentieth. That's the case for a reason. He's out there right now for a reason. And he was the second best corner for the Chiefs over the last two years. So the the reason why I'm saying all this, Ron, is because I think Steve Spagnuolo believes in himself, his coaching, and his scheme to be able to patch up for some of those talent deficiencies that they have at the position. And man... The track record kind of speaks for itself. He's he's done it without top-of-the-line talent at the position. So if I'm going to look for a place where I can find that guy that's going to win, I think I would rather have that at wide receiver than corner because I think Spags can get by without having the best uh, talent at that spot. He can, but it would take that defense to another level, a more comfortable level, and I think he could do more with that defense. I think it is more needed to get an upgrade at corner. Like, I think it's like, and I understand how good Julio Jones is. Lord knows it. And to think about Julio Jones potentially getting singled up because you can't single Tyreek Hill. The thought of Julio Jones being singled up and the thought of Julio or Travis Kelsey will be singled up every time down because, once again, you can't single up Tyreek Hill is scary. But even with that, I think with Patrick Mahomes and two Hall of Famers in their prime and Kelsey and Hill, I think you have it. All right. But I think even with the greatness of Julio, I think just like a Chris... Chris Harris type upgrade at one of those cornerback positions. And he's not elite anymore, but he's an upgrade. That has a chance to take your defense to another level and maybe allows Spag to do more in blitzing and and creating things. And I just think even that level of a Chris Harris upgrade is more valuable than just bringing A-Rod in. 
to to <laughs> to a lineup that is stacked. Like 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 I think that's more valuable than adding Julio Jones into into this into this team. Yeah. So the corner, the corners that are still out there on the open market right now, just for what it's worth, for yeah, anybody it's listening that might not know, um, you've got Richard Sherman still out there, Brian Poole, former NFL starter as well, but he's more of a slot guy, and the Chiefs kind of have that covered. I guess if you wanted to move Legarius outside, you could do that. But Brian Poole is available out there. Nikel Roby Coleman and other slot players out there. Garyon Conley, who stinks, is out there. He's injured uh, all the time. Casey Hayward Jr., who used to be really good. I loved him. Um, I, I don't know. I think know. he just signed somewhere, actually. Did he? Yeah. Uh, Jason McCourty was available. I mean, that that's kind of the end of the list, really, right? Like, it's just there's not a whole lot going out on out there at corner. Maybe you could trade for somebody, but at this point in the season, typically – these teams are hoarding corners. Not they're not they're less likely to be getting rid of. Them. Yeah, right now that guy's not not available. Like right now, like I I think I cover a guy in Bradley Roby who I think would be an upgrade over your corners right now. Bradley Roby, who's not uh, who's not elite, who's not a, um, a shutdown corner, but I think he is a really, really good corner and would be the best corner on the Chiefs. And he's on a team that potentially could be 0-17. And so he is, he's, and he's got a friendly contract. And I could completely see as the Houston Texans are rebuilding and trying to, to, to get rid of a lot of pieces and change the culture of their team, that's a guy that potentially could be on the block. And to me, it's crazy as this sounds, getting a guy at a much cheaper price, obviously, and his contract is really easy, is is nothing. Getting a guy like that as an upgrade, to me, would be more impactful than bringing in Julio Jones. Because just, just how it, it's crazy, they're not anywhere near the same yeah. player, but just the impact of what it is that those two would bring that like I think there are other players around the league that potentially are on teams that could be trading and looking for pieces and like that's just an example of why I think you just kind of hold I'm not saying like what two years ago Jalen Ramsey was traded in the middle of the season I'm not suggesting that that somebody may be comparable to Julio and talent at their position but he was traded in season uh, to the Rams a couple years ago but I, I think there's always guys that are potentially there with the right price. And if you have enough to make a price for like Julio, then you can make a price, I think, down the line. I think this basically comes down to a simple question, right? Like if you can answer this, then I think for, for you listening right now, you'll probably know which side you come down on. Which player or which position maybe even do you think makes a bigger difference for the Chiefs when they're going up against the Bills or the Browns or the Bucks, whoever it is that they're playing in the AFC Championship game or the Super Bowl? Because that's really what we're talking about here, right? Like yep. the Chiefs' entire season comes down to what do you do when you get to the final two weeks of the season? That's where they're judged on wins and losses now at this point in their trajectory. And so if for me, I view it as I've seen what Sammy Watkins meant to this team. We all have over the last two, three years. And, and you just don't have the confidence that Demarcus Robinson or McCole Hardman can at least be that. You did shook your head. You don't have the confidence in that. See, I'm willing no. to see what those guys. I'm willing to see if they get the opportunity they with Pat. And I mean, 
damn it, they got to be one-on-one coverage with Pat Mahomes. But they, but they haven't done it. They, they, they've never done consistently it. Consistently, but Sammy I, in those spots has had a bigger, has had the the the, the time there in those slots. I, I'm not giving up on McCole Hardman yet. Right, I, I think not, I know exactly what McCole is, and McCole's a perfectly fine player in the role that he is in. I do not think that McCole is going to grow into. You don't think more. he can? You don't think he can grow into taking the next step of? You don't think he can be Sammy Watkins, Tenderfoot's no. ass? You don't think he can be Sammy Watkins? See, Sammy, for all of his faults, and you just mentioned the biggest one, yeah, the, his the injury, lack tender. of, yeah, the injuries. He is a fantastic route runner. He is great underneath. He is a guy that creates space and windows. He is good on timing routes. You know where he's going to be and when he's going to be there. And those are not the things that you can say about a guy like McCole Hardman and certainly not Demarcus Robinson. They both have strong qualities. They're just very different players and they win in different ways than the way that Sammy Watkins wins. And that's what they're trying to replace. I don't think you're going to see much of a role change at all this year for McCole Hardman. I think we saw that last year. When Sammy was out, they didn't use McCole in Sammy's spot. They put Demarcus Robinson there because they trust him. McCole was still in the slot playing like 30-40% of the time. That's going to be his role again, I would imagine, this year. So the question is, who's going to play outside? If I had to guess, I think you're going to start the year with Demarcus Robinson out there playing the X, which is where Sammy was. I think by the end of the year, you're going to see Powell out there getting significant reps as a, what was he, a sixth-round draft pick? Clemson. I, I think that's going to be what you end up seeing at the end of the year. So if I'm going from Robinson, Robinson slash Powell to a guy like Julio Jones, for me, when I answer the question that I asked a little bit ago, that's the upgrade that I'm going with. I'm just, I'm not ready to shut shut down after two years, McCole Hardman can't. So, like, because literally, literally, you have Andy Reid, the best play designer, I think the best offensive mind since Bill Walsh. You have Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback in football, and you have Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, which means you are going to be in single coverage with second, sometimes third corners. That you that you're going up against. I know McCole Hardman has struggled and not been consistent, but in year three, I'm not ready to give up the fact that he can't be, beat single coverage. I like I I, I want to see I I'd like to see that play out more because that I mean he he's. <sighs> I just I'm not ready to give that up yet. Demarcus Robinson, I, I can't I, I can't go with that. I feel like you know what you got here. I don't. I think he's in year six, and I don't believe he knows all the plays. But he sure as hell looks like he runs these routes like he doesn't. But I, I'm I, I'm ready to give. I'm, I'm not quitting. You can quit, BK. I'm not quitting on McCall McCall Harmon. It's a shame the way you shook your head off on him when you when I said you don't think he could rise to a number two receiver. Two years and you are done. Uh, you've seen it. You're, he's, it's I'm it. done on that. I, I'm in on the player. I'm in on him in a specific role. I'm out on I'm out on McCall being a number two receiver. I just I just don't see that being the case. All right, let's wrap the, let's wrap things up with this. You. You, Ron, have been very hard over the years on yeah. Brett Veach. Yeah. And I think it's unfair the way you've treated Brett Veach, frankly. I think you should apologize to the man. 
He is the general manager of the first team in AFC history to host three consecutive AFC championship games. He has been the general manager for a team that has now gone to back to back Super Bowls. He was the one that made the pick for Patrick Mahomes. I mean, the the guy has had quite a bit of success. And for whatever reason, you've been a hater since the day he was hired. And I think it's time that you give the gentleman an apology. You know what, Brandon? If you're going to make all of those comments and say all of those things and call me a hater on Brett Veach and call me all these things, you're right. You're right. Oh, most of that. 99% you were right. All right. <laughs> he did not make that pick. Okay, that was not. <laughs> he may have made some suggestions. He did not make that pick. All right. That was Andy. That hell, John Dorsey didn't make that pick. He did not make that pick. But I have been someone who has been very, very skeptical of Brett Veach. I've been so disrespectful that I don't even call him Brett I've just called him Little Andy Veach because I felt like Andy was the one making all the decisions and he's just there. Brett Veach has done a sensational job. And the way that I can really tell, BK, is I still stand firm on believing that Andy Reid makes the major decisions. I think the big things, the the big calls, I, I think these are Andy's. But when you see what he's done to the middle part and the lower part of the roster, Andy doesn't have time for that. You start to look at the pieces they were being able to add, and when you start to look at players like 30 to 53, he's been really, really good. This team, listen, the undoing of this team was in the Super Bowl last year's their offensive line. But the fault that they got there, and they had enough dudes that they were able to find to plug in with all the injuries that they had all season to get to the Super Bowl is amazing in itself. And those guys are not guys that Andy Reid's finding. Those are guys that Brett Veach and his staff are finding. And, you, you know, the Sneed kid who's a potential starter at corner for you, that's not Andy's doing. That's Brett. And, listen, I'm going to stop calling him little Andy Veach. It is disrespectful to him. He has done a hell of a job. And I do apologize to you, Andy. I almost did it. To you, Brett Veach. Ron the Show Hughley apologizes to you, Brett Veach. I will stop calling you little Andy. You have done a hell of a job. You deserve it. Sometimes I've wondered if you've partied a little bit before I've seen you. Your eyes have looked like you're not all the way home, and I've made fun of you with that. But that is disrespectful. You're a great general manager, and you're a great partnership with Andy Reid, and you are your own man. You are the general manager of the two-time Super Bowl champion or two-time Super Bowl participant and Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. So I apologize. Few of the guys guys that I feel like you can give direct credit to Brett Veach for because I, so here's one thing. 
if there is a player that is a former first round pick that the Chiefs traded for and he's from the Southeast, he played college football in the Southeast, there's a really good chance that's a Brett Veach special. Yeah. Like a really good, Brett, uh, what's his face? The Hughes kid that they just traded for? Yeah, Mike, Mike Hughes? Yeah. That kid is a Brett Veach special. He went to UCF. I guarantee you Brett Veach scouted him in college. He loved him, and now he's on the Chiefs for a reason. If he ends up hitting, that's a Veach one. DeAndre Baker, the kid they uh, ended up getting last year, they picked him up. He ended up on the practice squad for a while, had the terrible leg injury at the end of the season. If he ends up working out, that's full credit going to Brett Veach. Same thing's got to be said for Tershawn Wharton, a kid that was excellent for the Chiefs last year. Now, he made up for the fact that Colin Saunders hasn't worked out the way that we expected him to, but that's all right, man. That's part of the game. And Tershawn Wharton came in. He took uh, Colin Saunders' job, and he was amazing for the Chiefs last year in a limited role. So these are the types of guys that those aren't Andy Reid picks. No, yeah, those yeah. those are those are selections. Those are trades. Those are signings that are done by Brett Veach, and he deserves full credit for for making this roster a little deeper than I, I believe that it was whenever he got the job. Yeah, that, that that yeah. When you see the middle to the back half of the roster, you know Andy with everything he has is not jumping into that, and that's him. And it's it's a part of why they have been so successful is. Through injuries, through all of that, they've been able to still stay afloat. And it ain't just all Patrick Mahomes. They've been able to stay afloat with that. So, Brett, congratulations, man. I'm a man. I'm a bigger man. Not not as big, but I can be the bigger man and admit when you're I'm a smaller wrong. man, but you're a bigger man. I'm a bigger wrong. man here. I can admit when I'm wrong. Man, I've got, I got a buzz here after this. <laughs> This little vodka I had here. I got a little buzz. I'm feeling good, baby. This was fun. This was fun. Every week, baby. This was baby. awesome, dude. This, this was, is awesome. This was We're going to be doing this every single Thursday night, so you guys will get it Friday morning, hopefully on your ride into work, your ride home from work, however you listen to these. Um, I do want to say one thing real quick. So the, the guys that previously held this podcast, Ron, um, the AP Laboratory, love all those guys, and they were excellent. And I do want to say this, and if you're sticking with us through this, whether you loved us, hated us, whatever, it's going to be different. And I'm imagining you've probably heard that already, just based on the way that we've done this show. It, it is not going to be the same thing that you heard previously from those guys. And they're all excellent. But nobody's going to replace what they did. So we're going to do things the way that we do it. And I hope that you guys enjoy it for what it is. It's going to be different. Stick with us, ride with us for a little while, allow us to have an opportunity, hopefully, to catch on with you. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. Give it a little bit of time if you don't yet, but stick with us. I think this is going to be a lot of fun, especially as we get closer and closer to the Chiefs regular season. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And and I'm sure I don't even have to ask Brandon or BK about this, but he'll agree. Um, I mean, I I, I dedicate every one of these shows to our, our friend that we lost Therese Paler, our guy, uh, we both worked with. We both we both um, hosted his show with him, and uh, miss him all the time. And uh, uh, he would he would be probably our biggest fans of this show. The two of us doing this together, if he if he were able to listen to this. So uh, every one of these bad boys, I dedicate to our guy TP Therese Paler, man. Miss that dude every day. Uh, That's right. It, it doesn't get any easier. It sucks, man. Um, I frankly still pissed off about it, but um, yeah, I miss that dude more than anything. 
All right, man. All right, every Friday, you can catch it 7 o'clock in the morning. AP presents Show and BK on the Chiefs. We had a lot of fun, and we'll have a lot of fun every week, baby. Uh, Thank you for rocking with us, and rock with us next week. We'll be right back.